ulterior. So, I think what I'm going to do from now on is that if there is a week of this show that I miss an episode for, I'm just going to let it be. I'm not going to keep trying to explain myself or like why there was no episode. Just know that if there wasn't, I had a reason for being inactive. So, you know, let it be. It is what it is. And I will just try to be more consistent moving on in the future. Um... So having gone through that part, I do want to go ahead and just get into the material for the episode because there is quite a bit to cover. So we got a brand new single, some of the likes of Sherry Moore, Gatherers, Blackwell Bride, Charlotte Sands, and a few others I want to get to. And then brand new records from 1OK Rock, Straight From The Path, Eat Your Heart Out, and Until I Wake. Thanks everyone. Enjoy this episode. Outside of seed music, the thing that I've like really, really been hyper-focusing on lately has been Chainsaw Man, and that is because the premiere date for the anime adaptation is getting closer and closer. I believe it is like October 11th, if I'm not mistaken, and this is genuinely really, really, really exciting for myself, guys. I fucking love Chainsaw Man. It is my favorite manga of recent memory. I have been rereading it in my spare time at work and it's just so captivating and I love it so much. And there's probably a part of myself that is like a little bit bitter about the fact that the series is about to become exposed and it's going to get into the hands of people who maybe don't really understand it. And they're just going to be like, Oh, why is this show the way it is? It's so problematic. You know, whatever it is, what it is. We don't get to gatekeep this anymore. It's over for the Makima merchants. I'll just say that now. I know that because I am a Makima merchant. But you know who else I'm a merchant for? Sherry Moore, who have the number one ranked single for the week. It is the brand new song, Letting Go. There's actually an album announcement to coincide with the single. The album is called Spiritual Ascension, and it is dropping on November 4th, and I feel like I have enough material from this band to already be talking on the timeline for just how fucking special this debut LP is going to be for myself. Uh, Cherry Amore, they have never missed, not even slightly, ever since Burn came out last summer. And then, even just for Spiritual Ascension, like, Letting Go is following Sin City and Love's Not Your Thing, which are two fucking heaters, and Letting Go follows that same trajectory. I think Sherry Moore brings something really special to the scene, and even if you say, like, you've already had some exposure to the more, like, pop and R&B-driven styles when it comes to, like, contemporary post-hardcore music... Sherry Moore is offering something that you're not going to get from another band. These songs are fucking tremendous and catchy and the hooks and the melodies and everything relating to not just letting go, but the discography of Sherry Moore altogether is special as fuck. There's this aspect of letting go that I really enjoy in the sense of like how 
the song doesn't try to close on such a powerful note. It really just lets the music breathe and take on a life of its own instrumentally and just get stuck in your head. And like the way that I'm able to recall that outro section the same way that I can the pre-chorus and then the chorus, which is explosive as ever. It's a real testament to the abilities and the masterful nature of everybody in Sherry Moore. And like, I, I could literally just be talking on and on and on about these guys. Like they are fucking special. I love this band. We were graced with the return of Gatherers last week, the brand new single of theirs called Black Marigold. I'm pretty sure this is the first opening that I've had in any sort of a podcast medium to go in depth on gatherers. So if you are not familiar with them, they had a record in 2018 called We Are Alive Beyond Repair that just like fits so well into that really like grotesque and grimy style of post hardcore that not enough bands are doing to the level of gatherers nowadays. Um, and then they had another single in 2020, I think it was called Ad Nauseam I Drown, and it was pretty good, but not to the extent of my adoration for anything off of We Are Alive Beyond Repair. And so fast forward all of this time later, and we're now getting Black Marigold, and everything I said about uh, their prior album being like grotesque and grimy, that is ever fucking present on Black Marigold. This song is dirty and just raw. And that really, um, like aggressive nature to its production lends so fucking well to the execution and delivery of this track. It is something that is like really memorable. If for no reason other than just being fucking creepy and borderline scary, um, the song fucking goes, man. I love gatherers. I am in no position to get on this microphone and call Blackville Brides Hoopers, but for this instance, they are. Their new single, Savior 2, is fucking tremendous. And every word that came from you has carried my So I'm trying my hardest to be what you made Like a good chest of my smile won't fade Giving it all rest in the This is part of the upcoming EP of theirs called The Morning. I believe October 21st is the date for that. And Savior 2, it's the follow-up to Savior, which is off of Set the World on Fire from 2011. So getting the sequel 11 years after the fact is a little bit strange, but I'm going to dismiss any sort of uh, negativity I might have in my head towards Blackville Brides because of how amazing I think Savior 2 is. It is fucking beautiful and moving and heart-wrenching. And like, legitimately, guys, I remember last Friday on my way to work, I put this song on and I was honestly like on the brink of tears. This song just like did something to me. It instilled this emotion in me that Blackville Brides have not been able to do in a really, really, really long fucking time. Honestly, maybe since in the end back in 2013 or 2012, I think is when that song actually like premiered. Um, yeah, they delivered in a big fucking way on Savior 2. And, you know, I, I think if nothing else, like, 
something about Black Veil Brides that I don't think anybody has ever really, really been able to deny is the ability and range of Andy Biersack. And he is a shining star on this song. I think it's one of the best uh, performances of his entire career. And there really just aren't enough good things that I can get across to you guys about how I feel towards Savior 2. And now it's that time of the week for me to once again show myself as a Charlotte Sands merchant. She has a new single out called Tantrum. Uh, this single is meant to coincide with her tour that she is on right now. I believe it is the Love and Other Lies tour. Um, if you got a chance to go see her, go check her out. I will never be able to shut the fuck up about Charlotte and what I think she is bringing to the scene. And even if you guys listening right now, your only exposure to her is through single or uh, features on singles like with Under Oath or um, Sleeping with Sirens and anything else of that matter. The main I believe she was on. Uh, she's a superstar. She is fucking awesome and tremendous, and I cannot emphasize enough just, like, what I think she is able to do for the scene right now. Tantrum, albeit repetitive in some ways, admittedly, very powerful, very catchy. It's one of those songs that, like, you know, if you just come across it randomly, I don't think you'll be able to forget it or be able to forget the delivery from Charlotte in the chorus and just how the more like soft verses really lend itself to building towards that fucking explosive banger of a chorus. Um, she is truly, truly special. I, I think Charlotte is a, a, a big reason why I have the attachment to the scene that I still do in the year 2022. If nobody else got me, I know Counterparts got me, and they got me last week with their new single, Bound to the Burn. There is some form of a cheat code that counterparts instilled into their abilities as songwriters and musicians and everything under that umbrella because this is all so fucking easy to them. It feels like a game to counterparts. Anytime they get in a studio and write and do anything, it's just masterful. Um, I, I think with Bound to the Burn, we're seeing more of what we can already expect from counterparts in the lead up to the new record. A eulogy for those still here, and that is just fucking some of the best you know metalcore shit you can hear along with some of the best hardcore shit um whatever kind of a label you want to slap on the counterparts i really don't give a fuck but whatever it is that they're doing they're doing it fucking tremendously and potentially better than anybody else around them uh bound to the burn is heavy it has a, a ton of emotion to its instrumentation i think everybody in counterparts is just uh displaying like a real clinic and a masterclass on how to do this shit uh, just, I, I could go on and on and on about, like, counterparts being perfect. I'll have more openings to do that when the record is out in October. And just know that, you know, counterparts, it'd be them. They all be them. Brenda Murphy is him. Kyle Brownlee is him. Counterparts are fucking amazing. And I guess on the subject of October records, a brand new single by We Came As Romans, it is Golden.
Um, this is a heavy one. And I, and I mean that for the instrumentation as well as the lyrical content because Golden is about Kyle Bavone, who was previously the clean vocalist of We Came As Romans. He sadly passed away four years ago, in case anybody listening to this might not have that knowledge. Um, and this uh, album, Dark Bloom, out October 14th, it's going to be the first full length without Kyle. And I, I think what Golden shows is there is a giant print that Kyle left on this record. Um, just look at the chorus, for instance. Show me the way to go on without you there, anywhere, I don't care, when our time was stolen, our years were golden. There is so much emotion and pain and cathartic, um, like releasing going on in Golden that is really admirable. And even if for whatever reason you don't fuck with We Kim as Romans, just a song like this really has to like give you an opening to respect what they're doing and respect their decision to move forward after everything that happened to them. Um, Golden is a really, really, really good and necessary song for We Kim as Romans. And I feel like good and necessary will hopefully be the two uh, dominant phrases when it comes to the final result with Dark Bloom on October 14. The final single that I will be going in detail on is the new Fit for a King song. It is called Falling Through the Sky. So because there have been more than a few weeks lately that I've missed weeks for episodes, um, I kind of forget like what I didn't cover. So I'm not sure if I got to uh, like really go in on the record announcement by Fit for a King. So their new album is called The Hell We Create. It is dropping October 28th. And I already feel like this singles rollout is displaying a step above the path, which is the 2020 album by Fifer King that is very divisive online. Um, personally, I don't really, really mind it. I think there are some heaters on there like God of Fire and Locked in My Head, and then some that just, you know, are very, very forgettable. But so far for the singles for uh, this new record, I can't think of anything that is forgettable. And in the case of this new one, Falling Through the Sky, I would say that this is a really, really good showcase of Fit for a King having a more like radio rock sound, if you want to use that terminology. Um, it, it feels like this is the proper step towards Fit for a King achieving what it is that they're really, really chasing after. Maybe not so much, you know, that path sound, if you want to refer to it as that. Uh, currently, Fit for a King are on tour with I Prevail, Pierce the Veil, and Yours Truly. Um, please, 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 please hope that I will be able to make this tour. I have a ticket, but I don't really know logistically if I can pull it off, but I'm going to try to. So just, you know, um, pray for your boys and good vibes, whatever it is that you do. Uh, please do it so I can potentially go see these acts. These were the remaining singles from last week that I gave either a four or a five to in the reviews on social media. Never Around by a Story Told. The Void Approacheth by Bill Murray featuring Summer Hoop. Glimpses of Us, which is a Joji cover by Capstan. What Do You See in Me by Codis. Reanimate by For the Fallen Dreams. Backwash by God Eater. Overdose by In Error. Only You Say It by Lonely the Brave. 
Switchblade by Nathan James featuring Kamiata Plus, Somebody Kill Me by Nominee, Gutter Kid by Not a Toy, Unbridled by Signs of the Swarm, System Failing by Soulblind, Grace by The Comfort, The Absence of Light by The Wise Man's Fear, Until Next Time by Titus, and Curious Furious by Willow. There was one song that I gave a 3 to, and that was Angry Again by Scarlett O'Hara. I feel like Scarlett O'Hara have just been like really, really hit or miss lately. More so miss. It's just a sound that doesn't really, really do anything for me. It's not like appalling or bad in any way. It's just uninteresting. And that's sometimes worse than being bad, if I'm being honest. Because at least if you're bad, you're memorable. And that's kind of a shitty segue into the records because the first one that's up for me to talk about is one that I'm not going to call it bad because it's definitely not bad, but I am disappointed with it and I will do my best to explain why that is the prevailing feeling in all this. Luxury Disease by One OK Rock. So just to briefly mention this, something that I'm going to try to cut back on to an acceptable extent would be going over like my background or history with a band whenever I talk about the records, because I feel like I go way too in detail about that and maybe take away from uh, spotlighting the current material, if that makes any sense. So what I will say about One OK Rock is I like them enough. I understand why they're massive over in Japan, and I think they're doing incredible business. Uh, the material itself, though, hit or miss for the most part. Yet, they happen to have one of the best songs I've ever heard in my fucking life in the song Cry Out, which is off of 3535, the 2015 record. And Cry Out is the kind of song that made it possible for me to care about one okay rock for the rest of time like it doesn't matter if they are never good again and they just drop mid after mid after mid cryouts existence and the impact that it has had on me has given them that spot in my head and heart forever and i kind of feel like if maybe cryout didn't do that for me then one of the songs on here let me let you go that would have been the one that changed everything for me with one okay rock um, it was a single last week. I didn't get to talk about it because there was no episode. It came in, I believe, second for Scenic Overlook that week. Let Me Let You Go is just so, like, catchy and heartfelt without being, like, so ballad-esque. It's just, like, a really cool pop rock type of a song. And I think 1OK Rock, they're very good at executing that kind of a sound whenever they really put their mind to it. Um, to go over the rest of the singles, I was actually surprised at how not well renegades aged because i do remember liking renegades when it dropped and maybe it's because it comes towards the end of the album's runtime so there is like a little bit of fatigue that sets in by the time i get to renegades but it doesn't really hit the same way that it did initially um there was a late single vandalized that song is really 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 fucking cool i love the pacing of it um it has like this i don't want to say like a like a meteora vibe to it but maybe like a little bit of like a sub meteora, if that makes any sense. Meteora being Linkin Park for the uncultured who might be hearing this. 
and some of the other singles like Wonder and um, Save Yourself, Wonder being the closing track, those two songs still have like this impactful nature that I think is really, really important for the lasting power of luxury disease because there are songs on here that I can see myself keeping in rotation other than Let Me Let You Go. And, you know, these are the ones uh, that will take that spot or those spots rather. Um, Free Them featuring Teddy Swims. That one is really surprising. I really, really, really fuck with that song because it on paper probably wouldn't have really enticed me to hear it because it's a little bit slower compared to even like slow 1ok rock stuff and it's like this weird sort of a um uh not r&b but just like a, a different side of pop music that i wouldn't have necessarily instilled trust in 1ok rock to perfectly navigate in a way that made me so captivated and moved but that is exactly what happened with freedom this song is amazing i I think it's a standout for luxury disease maybe just behind let me let you go but it is still something really really remarkable in my opinion and i don't want to limit my discourse about the good tracks to just everything that i mentioned i think songs like prove and neon those are also really, really like good standout songs. Neon has like this kind of a, like an over the top theatrical feel to it that has like, um, I guess like it would feel right at home in like some kind of a musical. And I think it's a good side to show versatility with 1OK Rock and Luxury Disease as a full package. And then there are some songs that, you know, either slightly missed the mark or they're not even in the same fucking stratosphere as anything that i've been mentioning um i think songs like when they turn the lights on and uh out of sight they're kind of in line with what i mentioned about renegades and like the the ideas are there but just maybe not fully fully executed to the extent that i would have liked um so far gone and your tears are mine these are two really slow songs and like I don't want to say slow equates boring because that's not true, but in the case of these two tracks, yeah, I, I think that they're pretty fucking boring, especially Your Tears Are Mine. I think that song is just like, it, it does a lot to really, really take me out of uh, the experience I would have had closing out the record because, you know, out of sight, it's like, okay, it's fine, but it's not great. But then a great song coming after that would have really, really done wonders, I think, for Luxury Disease, and it just didn't have that effect. Um, Your Tears Are Mine kind of has like a, I think it's going for like a classic rock type of a vibe towards the end of it, and it just does nothing for me. And maybe that's because classic rock in general doesn't really do anything to excite me. So yeah, I I don't see myself ever going back to Your Tears Are Mine. Um, you know, I listened to it a couple times for the purposes of this review, and I feel like I got my fix of that song to satisfy me enough for the rest of my life or dissatisfy me whichever it is so i guess in totality i am saying that luxury disease was disappointing to some extent because i allowed some of the singles to really really get my expectations up especially let me let you go i know i'm not straight the fuck about that song right now but like you guys just need to understand like how much i really really enjoy that song and the amount of time that i've just like given it and the fact that there was a day of work this past week where i think like i legit listened to it on repeat for like an hour and it is so captivating and there are moments on the record where you know i can feel it coming close to uh let me let you go free them and save yourself being the main two ones and then there are other points where 
the record's quality declines. And then in the case of So Far Gone and Your Tears Are Mine, just fucking brick wall, dog. And I'm not trying to disparage 1OK Rock because I do like them enough, but I I'm going to be very picky and choosy with which songs from this album I keep in my rotation. And then there are others that I would be surprised if I ever even think about again. Okay, let me give some time right now to the brand new Eat Your Heart Out record called Can't Stay Forever. I think I discovered Eat Your Heart Out off of a Facebook ad in 2017. It was some kind of an ad, and it was for the music video for Patience, which is off of the Carried Away EP. Patience has somewhat the same effect that I mentioned, actually, with Cry Out by 1OK Rock in the sense of, like, when I discovered Patience, like, that was, like, this unveiling of a world that I hadn't known about with Eat Your Heart Out, and, like, maybe nobody else did, or the reality is that more people didn't know. I'm just being a little gatekeeping piece of shit but patience was the kind of song that just like with one okay rock and the way that they were able to have a place in my head and heart for the rest of time that is what patience did for eat your heart out that song made eat your heart out a conversation piece for me forever so there were three singles for this record that i reviewed in the past uh down sour and 20 something so down i believe that was a good choice for a lead single because it gave like this explosive energy to it that is in line with what eat your heart out had been doing but it's kind of like a i guess maybe a reminder of just like how good they really can be at this shit um sour i felt like that one was a little bit more fun sounding in a way while still having that same energy from down to get the listener hooked for the record and become more familiarized with what the direction for can't stay forever uh, would actually entail and then there was 20 something which dropped about a month ago i believe and 20 something i think is the strongest of the singles and ultimately one of the strongest songs overall on the record so just from the standpoint of the rollout i believe that there was a lot to be excited for with this record whether you were already a fan of eat your heart out or maybe this was like your first experience with the band um, so looking through the track list, something that like really, really stood out to me was the consistency of everything here. Each song flows like pretty well into each other, I would say. And like the way that forget me goes into down and then that goes into, into scissors in my skin, it feels so natural. And not that there's like some sort of like an overarching story to all of this, but like, it just feels so in place and in alignment and in unison if any of that rambling makes any bit of sense. Um, track 7, it's called Blood, and I really want to take this time to single that song out because I think Blood is just fucking perfect, guys. Like, this is one of the most impressive tracks from last week to come into my little space. Um, it's not like, um, like super impactful or like super, um, or impactful wasn't the word. Um, it's not so unique in the sense of like, I've never heard anything like this before because I definitely have. It definitely is a, um, 
a familiar sound when it comes to this kind of alternative rock pop, whatever you want to call it. But just the delivery of blood and the execution of it, and particularly the course and the way that the lines are delivered. This blood is on your hands. You don't deserve a second chance. It is simplistic in some ways while also just being really fucking like gutting and gripping and it's just a really good showcase of what eat your heart out entails when they're at the fucking top of everything that they're working towards but it's really not just blood that makes this record something really notable in my opinion there's also like a supporting cast around blood that is just like up there with some of the coolest shit that I've been able to review recently. Um, like look at like, you know, some of the tracks prior to blood heavenly, that song is really catchy and it has like this cool instrumentation in its course that really lends itself to the, uh, like effective earworm nature of that song hostage. Honestly, maybe should have been in scenic overlook. Like that is my fault. That's my B. It is really, really well crafted and just something to like, you know, uh, a further make can't stay forever stand out um i don't know if y'all can hear the train in the background i cannot do anything about that so i apologize but i also don't apologize just let it be um poison devotion that is a slower song that still finds ways to carry with it the characteristics of eat your heart out and every element that makes this band special to me like that is present with poison poison devotion in a way that i, I cannot tie that into any other track here and then I think after Poison Devotion, there are two more songs, Deep End and Head First, that kind of show the two prevailing sides of Eat Your Heart Out. You have Deep End being, you know, a more slower, somber kind of a song, and then Head First, a little bit more explosive, a little bit more energy. And again, those are the two themes that are like tied all throughout Can't Stay Forever. And it is just such a quality showing of a band that needs more eyes and ears on them in my opinion there is a lot to be excited for for the future of this act given just how much prowess that they are showing in the present can't say forever is a fucking dub i love it i i feel like i've only grown to appreciate it more in the last few days that i've been able to spend with it and i think this is a record that Everybody hearing this, you know, you should go out of your way to listen to this album if you haven't already. Go out of your way to check out anything from Eat Your Heart Out's discography. Like, there is something special happening here. Like, really, really, really special. Okay, so two more records to get through for this episode. Now we've got Euthanasia by Straight From The Path. This band is real as fuck, and I really, really admire how they're able to get across these really serious and necessary messages through, you know, metalcore, hardcore punk, whatever the fuck you want to actually call Shave the Path. I really don't care as long as you acknowledge the, the, the greatness, for lack of a better way of phrasing that, that is, uh, Shave the Path and the act that they have been for over 20 years now and delivering some of the most important songs that anybody can listen to in any given year. Um, so with Euthanasia, there were three singles supporting this record. Guillotine, Three, and Bread and Roses. 
So Guillotine, that one came out like close to the start of the year, I believe. Like might have been like a January or February single. So it does feel like the rollout has been going on for a while now and maybe progressing a bit slowly, but not um like in a bad way necessarily. Like the the rollout being as long as it was didn't steer me away from straight from the path. Like if anything, it just kind of made me more eager to get to hear euthanasia in the end. Um, so guillotine is a fucking crazy ass song with the pacing and aggression that is like so true to straight from the past identity and like everybody who fucks with that band this is what they should have been expecting and hoping for it was such a success in my opinion um three that carries over the same notions as guillotine with some cool instrumental elements thrown in that I could point out like a blast beat and like this really infectious ride cymbal tone going throughout it um just uh, these two songs kind of like work in unison I would say like they really do a lot to get you amped for the heavy side of euthanasia and euthanasia is fucking heavy for that matter and then bread and roses that song features Jesse Barnett from six year guns um the song rules but it rules for different reasons than Guillotine and Three and then anything else on Euthanasia. So Bread and Roses is a bit slower and more brooding for the album in comparison to the other songs I just mentioned and the ones that I can go into, you know, moving forward. But I really, really enjoy that side of Shape in the Path. I really like getting this kind of a song from them and like them understanding when it's necessary to kind of like quiet yourself down for the sake of a message like not everything needs to be like so you know over the top and angsty and loud like yes that works for straight from the path but i like that they were able to find a different avenue to express that with bread and roses getting into the rest of the record i think that the opening song needful things is one of the most appropriate and impactful album openers this entire year thus far it's not just you know heavy but also like Right from the beginning, you're thrown into the, like, pull that is straight from the path and the raw nature to their messages that they bring forth to all of us. This one goes out to all the soul survivors, soldiers of war reborn, lord knows they can't retire, cut them no slack, broken backs, built the lost empire, the pain was forged in fire, the truce has long expired, are you in or in the way? And the way that the hook of the song takes that last line are you in or in the way and makes it like this like a mantra or like a a a battle cry for lack of a better way of phrasing that like it is just like so fucking cool to get that kind of a message in the song and i would imagine being in like a live setting and being able to scream at the top of my lungs are you in or in the way and the catharsis that could come with that um may you live forever like that's another song that uh, you know, fits right in with what I mentioned with like three and guillotine in the way that that song is just like so fucking blistering and like really, really, um, furthers the, um, I guess aggression. I know I keep using that term, but like I, I think it's the best suitable term for euthanasia and the sound at large presented by Straight in the Path. Um, I think a song like Chess Candy coming at like a 245 type of a, a runtime. That is another instance of Straight from the Path, like, staying to their roots and that hardcore punk nature of, like, you know, get in, make your point as loudly as you can and get out. Uh, Law-abiding citizen. There are some really cool, like, um, 
I don't even know how to describe it, like funk type of stuff happening here. Maybe that's not even the right way to phrase it, but that's what's coming to my head right now. Um, just this like cool experimentation and particularly on the chorus where it just has like this, like, um, God, I fucking hate this word, but I'm going to use it anyways. This swagger to it, this swing, and it is just fucking gnarly in my opinion. There is so much with this record that works, and then there is the closing song, Ladder Work, and ultimately, I love this song, but the thing about uh, Ladder Work that, from a glance, was like kind of startling, um, it's almost seven minutes long, and I- I've gone on this tirade before on this show, so I'm not really going to do it again, but like, long songs, like, scare me. <laughs> I don't really know why, they just fucking do depends on what band is doing it really but like for the most part long songs nah i'm good dog um but ladder work it utilizes its runtime perfectly in my opinion there's never a dull moment it it has the same um like ferocity as the other songs here and then there's this additional layer towards the end of it where it sounds like the song is like kind of falling apart or like it's like on fire and just um the cries for lack of a better way of phrasing that from drew york that just like like tattoo themselves on my head a vigil at the edge of the earth casts a glow into the night we could have gone in grace together we could have thrived we could have shined and as the fires encase the sky i am reminded one last time we could have gone in grace together we could have thrived we could have shined it is a perfect closing track. Like, I was really, 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 really fucking impressed and taken aback by what was presented here on Ladder Work. Like, this ties everything together with the record so well. And it is the the best way to cap off such a really rewarding experience. Like, I think what Strafing Path did with Euthanasia, like, this is incredible. And to think that the band is, like, as quote-unquote old as they are... And to still be putting out material like this that, you know, surpasses stuff that they did in like their, what maybe people would have considered to be like their peak years or their prime. Euthanasia is fucking awesome. Trey from the Path is an amazing band. I don't think there's any point soon where all of the positive things I can say about this record will suddenly cease. Um, this is, this is a fucking journey. It is an experience. And whether you're into, you know, uh, really like serious political hardcore punk metalcore, whatever you want to call it or not. This is something to like really, really sink your teeth into and behold. All right. So stay with me for a bit. Cause there's one more record and I do have some things to say afterwards, but let's just focus on this moment in time, this piece of music right now, because it is something to really, really champion and be proud of in, in my opinion. Inside My Head by Until I Wake. And ever since first hearing this record in full for the first time a few days ago, I I feel like what I was ready to do for this episode was come on here and talk about how surprised I was by what I believe to be a perfect record in Inside My Head. But the more I think about it, I'm like, 
why is it surprising? Like, because I counted out until I wake, because I made the mistake of not believing until I wake had that dog in them. What reason was I ever given to doubt this band? Because I go back to the first song that I ever heard from them, Nightmares, that came out back in like the summer of 2021. And that song fucking goes. That song is incredible. It's really, really good. I might have like, you know, um, um, overlooked it in some ways back then. And that, that's, that's fucking criminal on my part because it, it is a great, great song. Um, and then even once you got into the singles rollout for Inside My Head, Octane, I, I think my thing with Octane was it probably just got lost in the sea of music that was coming out last fall because that song did come out in November. And I know I reviewed it and I put it in the singles reviews for that week in November, but I, I might have been like so focused on like everything else I was having back then for albums. So like, um, you know, between you and me, Sea Space Cowboy, um, uh, other bands that aren't coming to my, my mind right now because my mind is uh, fucking scrambled. Um, but yeah, Octane, a really, really catchy song that, that is incredible. Um, the talk track inside my head, same thing. Like th- there was no reason for me to, you know, um, just miss the mark on gassing up this band at, at several points in time because the singles roll out ultimately like i didn't realize until hearing the album just how perfect the singles were um forsaken like i i could go on and on about that song and how like you know it is a bit heavier compared to some of the other singles but like it never loses the um the the sense of like what until i wake had showcased up to that point like it's still just a fucking banger of a song uh fake that's another instance of this band being able to craft perfect choruses. Hope you're happy. It's a great blend of like metalcore and alternative radio rock music and just giving me reasons to believe that Until I Wake might be one of the best bands in the world right now at putting together that kind of a blend. Like they are fucking excellent at it. And for some reason, I just didn't have the mental capacity to really see that and give Until I Wake the credit for that. But even if I had taken the steps to do what I just said with the singles and give them the necessary praise and acclaim, I still wouldn't have been prepared for the level of variety that inside my head really extends and the way that it accentuates the great nature of Until I Wake. So to kind of just go a little bit more in detail about that, um, every song, you know, pretty much on this album has something unique about it it has some form of a characteristic of a life trait that is not present in any other song for the most part so like reasons that song has some rap inspired verses that admittedly could have come across as cheesy if you know handled improperly but i really think until i wake did what they needed to do with this song and then those verses just you know transition into another generational chorus um still sinking is you know pretty good standard metalcore type of a song and it's nothing to be mad about maybe it's like one of the less notable songs on the record but it is still something worth championing in my opinion um undeserving is a slow ballad like track with piano and electronic elements incorporated and that does build to a heavier ending but it is you know that like 90% section where it just feels so special and different from everything else happening around it. 
Um, Bluebeam, I was getting like really big Cyberhex vibes from it. Uh, Cyberhex being the Motionless and White song that was on score in the end of the world. Um, you know, that sort of like a Mick Gordon uh, type of a track with like the over the top electronic stuff going on. And it just like feels really, really um, apocalyptic in a way um, for the record. So this was my favorite song on the album. I, I think for being a more straightforward track in a way like towards alternative rock, there is something happening here. And maybe it's with like the pacing of it. Maybe it's with the delivery of the chorus. Maybe it's with the line. And for the record, no one loves you like I could. But this song just beat the fucking shit out of me, and I cannot get it out of my head. Like, I must have put the song on repeat for, like, an hour. Like, you know, no cap, guys. And this was also the point in the record where I kind of tried thinking, like, um, is this a fair comparison to make? Or maybe not a comparison, but just, like, some point of a reference for getting across what... Um, the vocalist Cody Johnson was like channeling in a way. Um, he reminds me of Kyle Pavone in some of the earlier days of We Came as Romans, like just that type of a tone, that type of a delivery. And the way that for the record kind of felt like something that, you know, maybe I would have, uh, not been surprised to hear on a record like Tracing Back Roots, just to, you know, give that kind of an example. Um, legacy. So like this song, it, it has some pop driven sections and, and granted it's not a pop song. I would definitely not classify it as such, but just maybe some of these, um, you know, little elements here, these little tweaks to the formula, give it that kind of a, of a pop base that I, I cannot be mad about whatsoever. I, I actually really, really, really fuck with what's happening with legacy. And then the closing song, marching forward is just built upon this epic sound that elevates the metalcore style of Until I Wake to something way more unique and all to themselves. And unlike anything that I can, like, you know, try and apply to another act, like, there is no other band right now out there who sounds like Until I Wake. And maybe I can be like, okay, you know, maybe they're a little bit similar to, I don't know, Caskets or fucking whoever else. But... There is something like really, really innovative about Until I Wake, the deeper that you search into them and the more listens that you give inside my head. And like this record is a treat, guys. Like it is just fucking, in my opinion, flawless. It is outstanding. It is perfection. It is something to just marvel at and be astounded by. And I, I would hope that anybody who has heard this album you know, shares that level of emotion with me. And if you haven't heard it yet, I cannot recommend enough giving the time of the day to inside my head. And hopefully you can feel even somewhat marginally proud of this band in the same way that I do. Okay, so that's everything that I had to cover this week for music. And I'm saying that now because I'm going to uh, maybe not take too much time, but I do just want to say a few things about non-scene related stuff. And, you know, if you're just here for the music discourse, then, you know, no worries whatsoever. The episode is over now. Please carry on doing whatever it was you were doing prior or continue doing what you're doing now or just move into a different activity altogether. Like, 
whatever the case is, just please enjoy your day. Thank you so much for giving me the time to explain why I feel so strongly attached to this music. Um, so there, uh, has been a lot going on recently, personally, and then just in the real world. Um, I, I, I've had my days recently where like, you know, not a great headspace, not very good thoughts, just really, really shitty stuff. And it's not really made any better by certain things that I see or that I hear about or whatever, you know, in that realm. And I, I'm not somebody who like usually gets so affected by, um, that, that's like a doorbell ringing thing. If you guys can hear that, I apologize. Um, I, I'm not somebody who is like so super affected by news stories or, you know, violence or anything like that. And I don't mean to say that in like a weird, like flex way. That's not a flex at all. That's pretty fucking bad, honestly. Um, but just some stuff recently that I want to just talk about for a little bit because it's on my mind. And again, if you don't want to hear any of this stuff, you know, that's fine. You don't need to. This is just me rambling now as a person, not a podcaster. Um, so I, I think it was Monday where, um, PNB rock was killed and, there was a video circulating on social media. I'm not going to describe the video just, you know, for content warning purposes, but it is a pretty surreal video, honestly. And I think what's surreal outside of just the graphic nature of the video is the fact that somebody who was literally at the scene and had the ability to help out chose to take out their phone and record that video. That is really, really, really insane. Like, genuinely, somebody is in front of you in the final moments of their life, and that is the conclusion that you drew. That was the decision that you made. You decided that of all of the courses of action you could have taken, recording it for Twitter clout was what you needed to do. Uh, okay, little bro, if that's, if that's how you want to rock, then, you know, fuck you. And... Yeah, that, that's just like, you know, it's wild. You, you don't really expect to see something like that. Like, it's crazy. And then um, there is a, uh, a YouTube personality influencer, whatever you want to call her. Um, her name is Steph Pappas. And I've, like, kind of followed her content for a few years now. Uh, she does, like... Uh, mukbangs or mukbangs or whatever uh however you're supposed to say that word and it's not really content driven towards me but there is just something about like her personality and the way that she's able to make these videos interesting that was like really captivating to me i thought um so she recently posted on social media and on youtube about how uh her dad and family dog were killed in a car accident. And I, I think what's like so like shocking and startling outside of, you know, the obvious for the situation is how like if you were to go to her previous video of her just sitting in her car eating and like the bubbliness of her personality and just how outgoing she is and compare that to how she is in the more recent video, it is like 
you know, literally before your eyes watching somebody go through a traumatic life-changing experience. And for, for someone like myself who has had, um, you know, some traumatic stuff, I'm not at all comparing what I've gone through to what she is going through. That's not fair whatsoever. And that's not what I'm doing. I'm just trying to say that like, you know, for somebody who has had their own traumatic experiences, watching somebody in real time go through one is just wild, bro. Like it is fucking insane. Um, the video is like number five trending right now and it's going to break a million views. And like, this is how some people are going to find out about her. Like this specific event is going to, you know, be attached to people's memories of her. And like moving forward, when they see her videos or think of her or whatever the case is, this is the first thought that they're going to have. And that's really, really fucked up and unfair. And it's just something that, you know, has been on my mind. And I just kind of needed this space to, to talk about it, both, you know, Steph's situation and PNB rocks, because it, it's like, you know, there are these like common sense things that should be common sense, but they're fucking not for some reason. So with PNB rock, you know, why did somebody record that? Why did somebody decide like, Hey, let me take out my phone and record this guy, you know, uh, leaving this earth. And then in Steph's situation, I said that, you know, her dad was in a car accident. He was hit by a drunk driver. Why the fuck are you driving drunk? The fuck is wrong with you? Like genuinely, what the fuck is your fucking problem? Do not do that ever. Do not fucking do that shit. Do not put yourself in that spot. Do not put someone innocent in that spot. If you have ever driven drunk and you're hearing this right now, fuck you. Don't listen to me. Don't follow me. Don't do any of that shit. Fuck you. It is just insane that like, you know, anything like this can happen. And I'm like stumbling over my words now because I, d I had nothing prepared for this. I didn't know like how I was going to try and structure my points if I even have any points to make. But I guess what I'm ultimately getting at is just, you know, think in any situation. Just fucking think. And it, like if, if that's all you fucking do for something is just use your brain and think, you might be surprised at how much of an impact that can have on yourself and anybody around you. So, yeah, that's where I'm going to wrap this up now. Just, you know, well wishes, well vibes, thoughts and prayers, all that to the families of PNB Rock and Steph Pappas and anybody out there who needs good vibes and some kind of comfort right now because it is not easy being in this world. Like, not to be so nihilistic or anything like that, but it is fucking hard living and yet we all have to do it. So, yeah. Um, I normally play like an outro song, um, Sonderized by Lost Trees for episodes, but it would feel very disingenuous if I tried doing that right now. So uh, I'm going to close out the episode without the song, without the catchphrase, all that stuff. I just want to say thank you for listening. Thank you for giving me your time. And you know, above listening to anything that I've praised today or slandered or whatever, just take care of yourselves, take care of the people around you, whether they're loved ones or strangers or whatever, just take care of who you can and what you can.